Welcome to episode 136 of the Half Point Per Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host, Dalton Willie, and our producer, Johnny Pham. You know, Johnny, I-, I have a question for you. See, I wrote down 136 in the rundown, went back and looked, you know, saw the last podcast in the feed was 134. Obviously, Dalton and Eli did one last week that was 135. But that, you know, not in the feed. So, like, are, are we going to cause mass confusion by putting 136 in the feed after 134? Yeah, I um, I was out of town at a uh, work conference. And I, I woke up Thursday morning, like, waiting to hear our, our good friend's podcast with special guest Eli. And I just, mm-hmm. just didn't see it. I uh, was trying to scroll Spotify, refreshing. Nothing, nothing was popping up. I, I thought, like... Maybe producer Spotify Johnny, I down actually. And, hey, can you pause? Can you please pause, Evan? I got, I got you, producer Evan Johnny. Uh, I actually have the audio right here on Streamlabs. I can send it to you. You can just put a double, double wavy out on the feed. Nope, I'd rather just delete it now. If, oh, I got if it. It's not I'm my send- main feed or schedule. I don't, I don't want it right now. I'm sending it now. I got I'm you. Just, I'm just disappointed in the uh, unprofessionalism. People wake up wanting this info, and you just, as always, just let them down. Um. I got it on the way. You should see it is in it your inbox. Dan Waller tied in one again. Uh, so yeah, we, actually, we, we talked. It, so we, we don't know. We talked all about Darren Waller. Did, you can, would know if you subscribe you, to our can YouTube. You speak up a little bit more. So, for those who haven't got the hint on the thumbnail, we are talking about the Super Bowl today. We're talking about a little bit more than just the game itself, though. I like we haven't made the picks, so maybe one of us will surprise. But I can imagine, you know. Three Chiefs fans, Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. I think we're all going to have the same pick, probably. So we're, we're going to – maybe we won't, but it, uh, assuming we do, um, we also are going to talk about some props. I brought just a couple of dumb ones, and also I think we each have uh, a couple of of props of our, of our own that we can talk about from this game as well. Um, real quick, though, guys, any lasting thoughts – uh, from the championship week. I know it was two weeks ago, AFC and NFC championship almost at this point, but those haven't really been discussed uh, much, if any, on, on this podcast, obviously. And before, I, I think my first thing is just poor Lions, man. Poor Lions. Yeah, um, my, my biggest takeaway was, dang, does it really suck? to be a Lions fan and to have your coach come out there and be like, we might not be here again. And it's like, yeah, well, that's really, that's really what you're giving us at the end of and, this. And it's the, I mean, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's true. If your quarterback's not named Patrick Mahomes, you probably won't be here again. I get it, but yeah. not what a franchise like that one needs. I mean, at, at least they're able to get Ben Johnson back. I, I feel if they, were to lose Ben Johnson. I know yeah. Aaron Glenn was interviewing around. How about that hit piece in the athletic on him, by the way? Holy smokes. Yeah, I had to be planted story. But, yeah, I think having Ben Johnson back definitely boosts Lions fans' morale. But I, I know I would certainly feel a different way if we lost an NFC Championship game, lost their coveted OC, and now you're just scrambling. But – Spirits could be lower. Um, you could be a Commanders fan, but Lions are, <laughs> well, I think Lions are in a good spot. You know, Dalton, you said if you don't have Mahomes as your quarterback, you the odds of you getting back obviously are low. But I remember how we felt 
after we lost that Patriots game in 2000, I guess, 19. Yeah. Um, it, it was like, God, like you, you just have to take advantage of your opportunities because you just don't know, like, it's going to get harder. You're going to have to pay Mahomes. Like even with as great as Mahomes was through his first year, it's like, we didn't know if we were going to be back. And so, yeah, so deflating for Lions fans. And I really kind of bring all of this up to, again, I don't want to spend too long on this because we're really late to the topic, but Man, if if I didn't have some issues with the Lions' decisions and also just some of the, the talking around it, you know, I get the people who say, you know, the Lions have been aggressive all year, so I have no problem with those calls. I think analytics on, on the fourth down decisions, the analytics of those, um, I, I think, are going to back up each call separately. But I think if you just look at it on the whole, especially that second one, like you just got to take the points, I think, and tie the game in that scenario. Now I know it's not a layup kick. I want to acknowledge that it was a 40, whatever yard kick. Maybe if you don't have confidence in your kicker to kick that, maybe you should get a new kicker. Um, but really, I just don't think there's been enough talk about just how much they screwed up that last possession when they eventually scored the touchdown. You can't run the ball there under any circumstance on third down, no timeouts left. Um, and most of all, even if you do run the ball, you cannot take a timeout in that situation. You just, if you run the ball, you have to have made the decision. Okay. We're living with whatever the clock runs down at runs down to, as we scramble to get the next playoff or whatever, like just well, inexcusable. They didn't, they took the timeout. They knew they were going to run the ball. You have to have another play drawn up that says if we don't get it in the end zone, here's the play. Yeah. And you you have and it was clear on the communication from Goff to the sideline, they didn't have a play drawn up. And so they had to get the communication over. They lost time on the clock and they did that's probably the most pivotal point. Mm -hmm. Um and I don't understand how you don't have two plays knowing you not, might not get it in the end zone. And I mean for what it's worth, Dan Campbell did what Brandon Staley didn't, and he stuck to his aggressive yeah. play calling. Yeah, I, I know it probably gives us PTSD as Chiefs fans because we go back to the AFC Championship game against Cincinnati where we went for it in the red zone at the end of the second quarter, didn't mm -hmm. score, lost the game by a field goal. Uh, and, yeah, you know, the analytics favored us in that situation going for it as well, but we lost the game on it, and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. You live by the numbers, you, you die by the numbers. Yeah, I and then looking at the other game real quick, obviously Chiefs Ravens. Uh, we'll get to the Chiefs plenty, of course, here here soon. But my my parting thoughts on that game are just you know, you guys pick the Chiefs, I pick the Ravens, and the one thing I said it's like, do I really believe that the Chiefs are going to be able to play another game of mistake free football? And they ultimately like they really did, and Mahomes has really changed. You know, I think a lot of people and. The Ravens played great defense in the second half, made great adjustments, so I don't want to take away from that. But I also think Mahomes made a very concerted effort to not put the ball in harm's way like at all in the second half, which is what he would have had to do to move the ball because that's how good the Ravens' defense was. On the other side, the Ravens made the mistakes, and it turned out the playoff experience really mattered in, in yeah. that scenario. Well, and I mean, you talk about the Lions and how upsetting their loss was. This is the best defensive team in the last 20 years of the playoffs almost by a lot of DVOA stats and the Ravens not being able to get there. And I mean, part of it, like you have the entire succession of the Zay Flowers taunting call followed yeah. by the Zay Flowers fumble 
followed by the Zay Flowers' like lacerating his hand on the sideline. Some and, say it's an inside job by one of my guys to to help the Chiefs yes. out. That's what some are saying. <laughs> um, and I mean that that that's like one of the few times the intangibles of one team had been there and one team hadn't really came out to play. But it wasn't even just that. It's like Lamar, you can't throw the triple coverage, man. Like yeah. you just you, you can't cannot do it <laughs> well the, the game plan the entire game confused me uh because the ravens were like we're just gonna pass we're we're, we're gonna give the we're ball. not gonna run the ball and we're it, gonna it, give the ball to our running backs five times yeah and I, I mean that's been talked about the last two weeks a lot i don't know what the the thought was i mean and we'll talk about it on the preview for the super bowl but if kyle shanahan wants to come out there and say christian mccaffrey you get five touches uh, we're going to throw the ball the rest of the game. That's I would not gonna be happen. pretty happy. As a That's not going to happen. I, I literally had this as a bullet point. And, you know, we can transition right into the game here. Chiefs Niners, I think really one of the – probably the biggest battleground point of this game is, is probably going to be Chiefs run defense versus Niners run offense. And I, I think I've seen people make this point. Uh, I think specifically Seth Kaiser and Chief of the North Newsletter said almost this exact thing, that the Chiefs kind of bullied the Ravens into passing the ball based on the personnel sets they were running out there. Um, and I don't think the Chiefs – like the Niners are not going to be manipulated in that way because Shanahan is going to stick to his guns, run the ball, run play action pass, which, by the way, like that's what that's the one way you've been able to throw it on the Chiefs this year is play action passing. So I do think the Niners are going to be able to find some success in that regard. Yeah, well, and you know, switching right into the coverage of it, uh, both of these teams have been next to terrible. I guess I'll start on the Chiefs side defensively. The Chiefs have been bad at defending the run, or m- let's middle the road. I mean, they're 18th in the NFL in rush defense, so they haven't been great. They haven't been bad. Um, but the 49ers are the best rushing team that was in the playoffs. They were number one in EPL year in rush success rate and all these and, things. And also they're the best team at running duo in the NFL and the chiefs are the worst team at defending yes. duo in the NFL. Um, now so, will Chris Jones try harder in the Super Bowl like he did in the AFC championship the whole game? Probably. So I don't just want to like, blanket throw those numbers out there yes. and say that's what's going to happen because i do think that can change things but that is also where the niners could and should have some of it somewhat of an advantage well i believe nandi's playing this week Derek yeah. nandi the defensive tackle for the chiefs who's probably the best run stopper on that interior line um but the, i mean this 49ers team has a lot of vulnerabilities that lend themselves to the chiefs the first being their center left guard and left tackle are terrible yeah, so you could just stick Chris Jones and George Karloftis on one side yeah. and just just punt the other side with Trent Williams patrolling it over there. I believe Nate Tice tweeted this out, but go watch Mike McGlinchey. Uh, the last time the Chiefs played the San Francisco 49ers, the Chiefs lined Chris Jones up against right tackle Mike McGlinchey, and Chris Jones just ran by him for two sacks. Um, and that's the next point here is the – so the Niners all season have not played very good defenses. All postseason have not. They, when they did play the best defense in the NFL, being the Baltimore Ravens, they had a terrible game. Mm-hmm. The second best defense in the NFL by DVOA standards is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and I expect them to give Brock Purdy significant problems. I don't think it's talked about enough that Brock. this is Brock Purdy's first Super Bowl. Uh, and this has not been like a... <laughs> do people not know that? What do you mean it's not like what... But it's just there's a, there is a difference in the lights getting too bright for players on this stage, and 
the Niners being two and a half point favorites with a quarterback that I would consider a average. Or a I should I, sh- I should have said that by the way the line it's actually minus two right now on DraftKings. But so not, that back then. Not Niners minus two, and that's at minus one hundred two. Chiefs plus two at minus one eighteen. But and maybe I'll end up being wrong on this one. I know that the weaknesses that the Niners are going to try to expose are the run game. I do not think that they can reliably win this game only running the ball with Christian McCaffrey and asking Brock Purdy to play really conservative ball. They're going to be in some negative situations. There's going to be a run that gets blown up and Christian McCaffrey just doesn't get there. Uh, This Chiefs defense also has the slowest missed tackle rate in the NFL. They just don't miss their tackles. They wrap up on guys really well, and and, and that's because their secondary is, is such good tacklers. Yes. I I I don't remember if it was Nate Tice or Robert Mays, but one of the athletic football guys just tweeted a two minute video of Chiefs secondary. Yes, guys it was Nate tackling. Tice. Yes. <laughs> um. And when when Brock Purdy is, at, I mean, this is the worst quarterback the Chiefs have played in the playoffs this year. I, well, not, I think you, you can only make argue Tua. Yeah, so I think you can make a pretty sound argument. He's better than Tua. But I, I mean, at a minimum, I would say they're very similar in mm-hmm. caliber. And this 49ers defense, I mean, I'm not going to say it's been exposed, but they got run up on by Jordan Love and Jared Goff, which aren't world beater quarterbacks. I know the weapons are different, but I just don't think that the 49ers have enough to get to the finish line. A lot of the on paper stuff. The 49ers are better than the Chiefs in a lot of areas. Wide receiver, running back, a l- not defense. But this is similar to last year with the Eagles where everybody was like, all Jalen Hurts needs to do is get it to his weapons and they'll win the game. And that's the same idea going around with Brock Purdy and the Niners. And I just I just can't. I don't think you can bet against Mahomes, who his one Super Bowl loss, he was playing with fifth stringers at tackle. Yeah, I mean, at some point, it does kind of – you kind of just have to ask yourself who has the better coach who has the better quarterback okay who has the better defense and all all three of those come up chiefs and that obviously is a little bit of a crutch argument but i I do just think like at the end of the day it just comes down to 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 just simple big questions like that sometimes and if they all flip one way i I mean I, i i think we all feel good about the chiefs chances here i mean i will say just looking at the niners defense going against the chiefs offense uh, the Niners play a ton of zone. They don't really do much differently than they did under D'Amico Ryans. Obviously, Mahomes put up 44 points on that defense last year. Now, I'm sure the Niners will have a different game plan. The Chiefs will have counters to the counters, you know, the whole deal. But the Niners really just on the whole this season, they play pretty much the same. They finally went man-to-man a little more often last last week or two weeks ago. In the, in the NFC Championship in the second half when they kind of had to, but they play largely the same. They drop back, they play zone. Um, you can run on them because of that because their linebackers cheat back a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly, like, I think the Chiefs are going to be able to run the ball. I think playing zone, dropping back, like when you rush four, Mahomes can do the kind of buy time and create stuff more than if you bring a lot of blitzes. Um I don't know. Like I, I do just think the Chiefs are going to be able to move the ball with the way they've been playing offensively. And you look on the other side, um, Purdy has the highest EPA when blitzed this season. And I think a lot of people are going to draw a straight line from that and say, well, the Chiefs can't blitz. Spags can't blitz. So what, what are they going to do? And, you know, we'll see. Like maybe that turns out to be true. But I think, number one, probably a very big reason 
for for that. And I don't want to like discredit Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, I think, is a good quarterback, but you have three guys in Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle who can beat man coverage reliably. Can they do that against the Chiefs? Obviously, a big reason why the Chiefs can blitz like they do is because they have two cornerbacks who have been able to lock down almost anybody in man coverage this season in Legereus Sneed and, and Trent McDuffie. So that'll be a big thing. And then the Chiefs also can just blitz differently than like anybody can because Sneed and McDuffie and even like Justin Reed are unbelievable. Blitz. I, I, I think Sneed and McDuffie are the two best cornerback blitzers in the league. Justin Reed is a very big and physical blitzer from the safety spot. So, and then you just look like, if the Chiefs can hold their own the first half and the second halves, they've allowed three points all postseason, then by far the best second half defense in the NFL this year. So, I mean, with all that said, we're, I think coming back to my original point is I think we're, we're all going with the Chiefs here. I do think it'll be a good game and the Niners have the offense to put up points, but I just, I, I, I kind of told myself if Mahomes beats this Ravens team last week, I just don't think I like you just can't bet against them because I always tell myself, okay, I'm just being a homer, p- picking the Chiefs, picking Mahomes every time. Obviously, he doesn't win every playoff game, every Super Bowl, but it's just it's become impossible to pick against him <laughs> at this point. Well, and this year against teams that rank top 10 in DVOA on offense, uh, the Chiefs have allowed the Lions put up 14 on offense against the Chiefs week one. And that was the Ravens- no- Chris Jones in that game. There was no Chris Jones. Ravens put up 10 points. The Bills put up 20 and 24 points. The Dolphins put up 14 and 7 points. The Eagles put up 21. And then the Packers are the lone team who put up 27. Uh, I mean, it has been really hard for teams with good offenses to do well against Kansas City. And then at the same time, I will say the one thing you could kind of look at is, you know, the Packers do run kind of that Shanahan play yes. action pass. So that. Like you could, the Niners could have more success than a lot of the teams playing the Chiefs this season. And you talked about the zone tendencies from this Niners defense. Well, the Chiefs have two of the best receivers against zone. Rasheed Rice, by far, has been way better against zone coverages than he's been against uh, man coverage. And Travis Kelsey is like one among zero, like none when it comes to beating zones yeah. because he just floats off the moment Mahomes gets open. Yeah, and, then, and you know, like he he he's gonna get his like Kyle Hamilton is the best guy defending tight ends all season. He was manned up on Kelsey in the yeah. AFC championship. It turns out that you know Mahomes even said this. Oh, he's actually a lot healthier now than he was to end the season. He he actually literally said he couldn't finish a lot of practices during the season because he just was not healthy. Turns out as he's gotten healthier, he's not washed, he's still very good. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, and then Mahomes also has the highest scramble rate against zone defenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is some valuable intel that we might talk about later when it comes to some of these prop bets. Uh, But on the defensive front for Kansas City, I think the condensed formations the 49ers like to run, like their 12, 13 personnel, gives Spags a lot more ability to run cornerback blitzes successfully. Obviously, when you're not spreading the cornerbacks out, it's a lot harder to identify those blitzes when they're already at the line. And like you said, Sneed, and Reed have been two of the best blitzers and McDuffie's come into his own. And these guys can get to the quarterback and get there fast. I, when we give our, I, I do not think that San Francisco 49ers are going to have what they need to stay in this game with Kansas city. I mean, it's, it's really going to be 
can they stay in good game script on, you know, a good down the down script, you know, get in second and threes, ha- have success in the run game. And then it is, can Brock Purdy ID the blitzes? Because there, there's only, you know, Shanahan can only do so much. Like the quarterback has to set protections or offensive line, you know, have to get the protections right. And Spags is like, this is obviously the kitchen sink game. Like you're going to see blitzes that you haven't even seen from the Chiefs yet this season, which it seems hard to believe, but it, it's just the truth. And you also for the first time in this playoff run, I think we're going to have a fully healthy defense. Uh, I mean, outside of outside of a minute who, who, yes. Scores that ACL. Um, and I do think, I know Spags going to run blitzes because Spags will Spags, but this is a team that's going to likely get pressure with four man fronts all game because of the nature of that 49ers offense. Mm-hmm. And I just need to see a lot from Brock Purdy before I believe it. Like he struggled in that first half against a terrible Lions secondary. And the secondary he's facing is probably 30, 30 spots better in the NFL than the Lions secondary. I cross my fingers that Willie Gay can start and finish this game. It looks like he's going to start. Hopefully he's able to finish it. I think it's a big deal to have him out there against both George Kittle in certain spots and Christian McCaffrey as well, covering those guys. Uh, Tranquil can do some of that stuff too. You just like, I need as much insurance as possible to not have Nick Bolton and uh, God forbid Leo Chanel be put in those situations. <laughs> yeah, that is, there is a coverage linebacker on this team, and it is Willie Gay, and him being out there is a big boost for morale for cheese. Okay, so Johnny, we can bring you back in if if we want. Uh, Dalton, we're both going Chiefs straight up. I'm assuming. Uh, well, I, I'm not assuming. Chiefs straight up, also Chiefs plus two in that scenario. By the way, they're plus uh, 102 right now. I got them at plus 116 about a week and a half ago, so it is teetering even more towards the Chiefs. I know a lot of the public money is coming in on the Chiefs. I'll be curious, as the big-time pro money comes in late, uh, if we see another shift, maybe more back towards the Niners, or if it goes heavily towards the Chiefs. Johnny, who are you taking in this game? As uh, I have many futures on the Chiefs, I am taking the Chiefs um, and um, plus two money line live bet. If we go down a touchdown early, first drive, mm-hmm. hammer the live line. Um, yeah. Speaking of hammering the live line, I, I was looking through about a million prop bets before this show today. I don't have them in front of me, so I don't have the odds. But one thing I found odd was it was plus money for a team not to score three consecutive unanswered either touchdowns or field goals. I I found that like I found that like so it, it was it was if you bet on a team to not do that, it was like plus one ten or something like that, it, it, and it was minus one fifty for a team to score three consecutive times. I thought that was odd. I had a dream uh, that Brock Purdy came out there through a pick six, and then there was a fumble six, and then a three and out, and then the Chiefs scored a touchdown. Um, so maybe well, I, uh, I, I have a I have a long shot Super Bowl MVP that could maybe fit into that, but we'll we'll get to that prop, and we'll start with just Super Bowl MVP first off here. Uh, I mean, Mahomes at one twenty five has to be the pick straight across the board, right? Yeah, I mean it's. It's Mahomes, it's quarterback, like, we get that. Do you guys have, number one, like, 
is there a Niners guy you're hedging with if the Niners were the win? And number two, any long shot MVP bets that that you like, you know, on either side, but probably more so the Chiefs, obviously, given our so bet. My hedge on Mahomes is uh, Debo Samuel winning MVP. I think that he is the biggest matchup problem for Kansas City because he, unlike Brandon Ayuk, who I think is going to get a lot of floating coverages from Legarius Sneed, uh, Debo is going to get a lot of end around sweeps and a lot of action that gives him the ability to get downfield quicker and open. And if they're going to win this game, I think Debo taking a 10-yard slant to the house is kind of how that starts and finishes for them. I, I will be very curious what the Chiefs decide to do. If if they move the corners with the receivers and have them on specific guys and how they match that up, or if it's just like they they feel more comfortable with McDuffie and Snead lined up in certain spaces in this game and they just kind of guard whoever. I like Snead is the most physical cornerback in the league, and obviously Debo is Debo. So I would be very curious to see how that matchup yeah. played out if the Chiefs decided to go, you know, more of a shadow coverage for both. Because I do think that's the more natural guy for Debo, and then McDuffie kind of the more natural matchup for Ayuk. Yeah, except they run a lot of Debo out of the slot and this season. Most of McDuffie's coverages are coming out of the slot. Yeah, so but they, I, I, I think being... I think he can move, and I think that's more of a product of the Chiefs trying to stick Snead on the number one yeah. guy more often. It, than it is one of the first years that Spags has decided to to ro- not rotate corner coverages on the elite talents. Mm-hmm. I have a uh, Kelsey plus fourteen hundred, <laughs> also uh, Chris Jones at plus seven thousand. So yeah, and and. You know, talking about the offensive line issues for the 49ers, there was a prop. Again, like I said earlier, if I actually need to find a prop, I can't actually find it. So, but if people are looking in this later, there was some kind of combined prop that was like Chris Jones and Joey Bosa, or Joey Bosa, Chris Jones and Nick Bosa to combine for three or more sacks. It was like plus 800 or something like that. So not not the craziest. All three of Jones, yeah. (laughs) Could be. Could be even if you get two to one. Um, so outside of Mahomes, I think my Niners hedge is CMC. Like, even though I do think the Chiefs run defense will show better than the numbers indicate, I do think that CMC is going to be able to have a nice day and he'll have a nice day uh catching the ball probably as well. You'll probably see quite a few screen different screen game actions drawn up if the Chiefs start bringing heat. Uh, so four set at plus 475 for that. My long shot MVP, like. You know, McDuffie and Snead are both in very similar neighborhoods. The tiebreaker for me kind of is that McDuffie has yet to have an interception in, in his career. Uh, Snead obviously isn't a huge interception guy, but he has at least done that. Both McDuffie guys, had one last week, but it was it was caught by Snead and then dropped by Snead before it got to him. Yeah. Um, so Snead is plus 15000 which means a $5 bet oh. gets you a $755 payout. Uh, Purdy has been a little loose with the ball, a little loose with the decision-making this this postseason. And, you know, if you just get like a quarter of bad Brock Purdy, which we were kind of getting against the Lions, Snead is a guy who is a ball hawk. You can't take advantage of that. And also what makes him uh, kind of an interesting pick is that we talked about already, he blitzes a lot. 
You can see him get a sack or two. You can see him get a strip sack. He's also a guy that knows the ball. He made a play on the goal line in the AFC Championship to force a fumble. So I, I kind of like the the Sneeds, just super, super long shot bet. Yeah, I mean, my super long shot bet is George Karloftis at plus 9,000. So, again, that's just betting on, like, a, a strip fumble sack and then, like, yeah. two or three big sacks. Um, other than Mahomes, though, the, the guy I have two bets on is Travis Kelsey to hit MVP. It just feels like a storybook outcome where if he has 140 yards and two touchdowns, the, there's Super Bowl fatigue when it comes to – giving it to Mahomes again. Yeah, I just think that it's really hard for a pass catcher. Like Cooper Cup did it obviously, but when when it's Mahomes, I feel like it's it's going to be really hard for a pass catcher to win the MVP on on his team, you know. Which by the way, you you want to know something really really funny? Sky Moore has a better shot at Super Bowl MVP than who was it? It was like than MVS, and I think he was equal with Justin Watson, and it's and, and he was ahead of Richie James. It's like Sky Moore is like the second highest ranked Chiefs receiver on Super Bowl MVP odds on DraftKings, and I just want to know what's going on here with, with that. <laughs> uh, he was just activated off IR. I don't know if you saw that, <laughs> like, um, but two, he was number two um, in the receiver room. Uh, yeah, I can't make heads or tails of that. <laughs> if Sky Moore is our Super Bowl MVP, uh, I'm just going to look. probably the, take a couple years off. The my guy call will have come full circle and come true if Sky Moore wins Super Bowl MVP. He did score a touchdown in the Super Bowl last year. It, he did on what can only be described as the most layup play that they let us run twice on them. All right, so this one, uh, a lot more basic. Heads, heads or tails, going with the coin toss, they are both – Plus, I, I wrote down in the rundown. I go back to that here. Both plus one hundred. Like you know, I'm just the tails never fails kind of guy. Uh, are you guys uh, with me there? Or are you going with heads? Uh, tails never fails. Johnny, I'm going heads. I have a huge unit on uh, on. Heads. Really? How do your units get bigger? Isn't the whole point of gambling that your units are consistent? Unless it's there's one big game a year, that's where you funnel all your funds to it. Oh, so the Niners are obviously the road team. Um, we know that because they've done nothing but bitch about the stadium that they've had to to practice in. Which, by the way, Nate Taylor told a really funny story uh, on on a podcast this week that if you go and look at some of the like content the NFL produced from the Super Bowl last year. You can see the Chiefs working on the corn dog play, you know, where they score a touchdown, and Kadarius Tony falls down on less than ideal turf at Arizona State. So that's just interesting. Just interesting to keep in mind for all of you this week. <laughs> well, uh, something I would just like to maybe point out is we if you want to complain about like where these teams get to practice, the Chiefs played a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay against Tampa Bay. Like it does not get worse than the home team literally having a home field advantage. You just can't complain about it any worse than that. So anyway, I bring it all back full circle. The Niners get to call the coin toss. If someone was so inclined, they could go do some research and figure out what the Niners generally call, if it's heads or tails. Um, if you are able to find that out, it's also plus 100 on who's going to win the coin toss. So you could you know parlay, win the coin toss action. with – with with heads or tails, depending on what they call. I don't know the answer to that. 
uh, just just a little food for thought there. Yeah, um, I can't believe it's like the second most bet Super Bowl prop. I, I don't know why people actually bet on this <laughs> because thing. it's immediate uh, sat, <laughs> like win, win loss. And I mean, to be honest, how many bets do you make where you have a fifty percent chance to win? You know, like it, it it's at least you have a 50-50 shot, a true coin flip. That is if you look at every bet like I do, they're all 50 Every bet, Evan, is a 50-50 shot. That, that is false. Yes. No. No. It what is, if the coin lands on its side? No. What Johnny's trying to say is you can either win or lose every bet, so it's technically a 50-50 shot. Yeah, but I would argue that a bet that is plus 800, like they are telling you, this is not It's not. Yes. Shot. The odds <laughs> imply that it is actually 50-50. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, the next one, which let me tell you, this may have been where my most re- my most uh, research hours were spent ahead of this podcast was the Gatorade color. Dalton, I don't, I, I didn't go back and look. Have we ever gotten the Gatorade color right on this podcast? No. This is no, the year. This is the year that changes. Uh, just to give you the full odds: purple plus two twenty-five, yellow slash. Go ahead. So I thought you were going to say purple was your choice. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm, gi- I'm giving the full odds uh, so that people have it here. Purple plus 225, yellow slash green plus 300, orange plus 300, blue plus 350, red plus 350, clear, and I think clear also can be slash water plus 1,000, and then none plus 1,600. Uh, anybody have any strong opinions on this one and before i go yeah i woke up feeling blue that's really? that's it that plus 350 i'm taking blue i think i took blue last year the year prior and the year prior uh <laughs> well that's not true because it was blue i think when the rams won so uh, then i didn't take it the rams year uh but we're taking blue i think blue is a good color it's a good flavor of gatorade it's blue johnny i'm uh i'm leaning red since we will have uh, red jerseys. So, just a couple, couple little factoids here. The fact that you did research on this, is, <laughs> I might contact your employer. It was, it, it was not at work, good sir. The Chiefs were purple last year. So, just, just a little something to keep in mind. But, in 2020, when they beat the 49ers, you know what color they were? Red, orange, orange Gatorade. Very good, Johnny. Ooh, actually, I'm changing mine. We'll get to it in a minute. The other three winners since 2019 have all been blue, which is how I know Dalton has not picked blue every year on this podcast. (laughs) Purple was plus a thousand last year, so people the people were not expecting purple for the Chiefs. You know, you probably think like, who's doing clear Gatorade or who's doing none? The Patriots actually did none in 2017 when they won. Are the Chiefs too cool for the Gatorade dunk? If if they win third Super Bowl, what did I say? Plus 1,600 for that? Like, that's a little tempting. Red is pretty high up on the list, but it has not been used. Which, which one of you chose red? It was Dalton. Dalton John, you- John did, but I'm switching to red, full disclosure. Oh, well, oh, I typed blue for Johnny, but. Uh, and that is because loving him was red. Taylor Swift, it makes too much sense. Travis Kelsey went Super Bowl MVP. They dump red Gatorade. 
Love it and was red. It's the Taylor Swift Super Bowl. He proposes at the end of the game. Would either of you change your mind if I told you that I looked at a list that goes back to 2001 and red has not been used in any of those years? Yeah, I'm immediately changing mine now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, the stains, man, you're never getting that out of clothes unless you have whatever the K-State manager had during the KUK State basketball game the other night. I'm staying loving was red. I got two. Taylor Swift conspiracy theory. I mean, I I feel like even it, it's plus three fifty, so it's high up there, and I just feel like that is because both teams have red in their color, so it's it, it's definitely a possibility. But you know, Shanahan said his favorite color Gatorade is orange, guys. He said that his favorite flavor is orange. The Chiefs also used orange the last time they beat the 49ers. I'm going orange. You don't think choice. you don't think Shanahan was playing some mind games there? He's like, they put orange on themselves when they beat me, so now it's my favorite color because we want to win this, and then it's going to come out red. Do you think Kyle Shanahan knows what color of Gatorade Andy Reid got dumped on him in that game? I, do I not. would. Yeah, I do I not would. remember. It. I do. I think he had a, a digs moment and was just on the field <laughs> at them celebrating. It's like, oh, orange Gatorade. Okay, so orange for me. Dalton, red, John, are you sticking with red? Yeah. If it if it's red for the first time since I mean, like this list only went back to 01. So God only knows when the last time it was red. If it's red, that that'd be an impressive win for you guys. It's time. <laughs> All right. Last bet, which I thought was a fun one, is a combined touchdown scorer jersey numbers game. Uh, over 121 and a half is minus 150 under 121 and a half plus 125 for anybody who does not like understand what this is is basically the literal jersey number so say kelsey scores that's 87 say george kittle scores that's 85 you've hit the over on this bet already because it adds up to above 121 and because both tight ends are in the 80s and like kelsey and Christian McCaffrey are the two most likely touchdown scorers in this game, and that already gets you the 109. And then if you get, like, Pacheco is also very high up there, Debo Samuel very high up there, you have some lower numbers, but you have a lot of – you have a couple of 80s and some double digits. Look, how you check wildcard, there's too many high numbers to take this under, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Justin Watson's 84, if anybody cares about that. <laughs> no, I don't, actually. <laughs> Oh, uh, I mean, even Debo, what is Debo, 19? Yeah. Yeah, Debo's 19. So even that's a high number. I really, really strongly believe there's going to be I mean, you, you you have to have a tight end score in this. Game. Yeah. Kelsey, I think Kelsey scores a touchdown here. And then I think CMC scores a touchdown here, and you're already at 110. It, you, you need one more touchdown from just about anybody on the roster. Who Who's one for either team? Well, McKinnon is one for the Chiefs, who I don't think is playing. Uh is like Ray Ray McLeod number one for the 49ers. Okay, that... well that ain't happening. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's true, but I, I don't know like none of their main guys. It's Ayuk is eleven, Debo's nine, McCaffrey twenty two, and then uh, what number is Brock Purdy? That would have been a good one for me He's to know. Thirteen. He's thirteen. So the quarterbacks are thirteen and fifteen. We don't have like any two, four, you know, eight. We've got high numbers there too. So yeah, I'm I'm on. They don't have a one. Is Ray McLeod number four? Okay. It's number three. Yeah, I'm, I'm going over two. Okay. All right. So we've gone through all of my 
props that I brought just for fun. Now we each have a couple of our own props uh, to bring to the table. I will start with, you know, it's funny. Some of these just feel so grimy and some of these are like not that, I don't, like not that crazy of odds. There, there's just so many. It's hard to pick guys. But I kind of like most rushes. You can get Pacheco at plus 155. He's had more rushes than McCaffrey in two of the last three games. Obviously, uh, those are playoff games. Two of the last – so I take that back. Two of the last three games for the Chiefs, the Niners, that last one goes back to you know, McCaffrey's last full, last full game play. Or 17. Yeah. So the Chiefs have leaned pretty heavily on Pacheco in the playoffs, a lot more so than during the regular season. The toe, hopefully with a couple weeks off, is healthier than it was a couple weeks ago when he had 24 carries. And McCaffrey is a lot more likely to, if he gets 25 touches, for six of those to be receptions. Pacheco will catch the ball a couple times, but I, I really do think there's a, a high chance for Pacheco to have 20-plus rushes in this game again. Yeah, I mean, in a game where he was largely inefficient because of the Ravens' defense, he ran it 26 times. Yeah. So I, I, I like that as well. Also – the impact they get that Christian McCaffrey has is not limited to his rushing ability and they mm -hmm. use him creatively. Uh, so yeah, I, I like him to have the most rushes as well. That's a good and like bet. Clyde Edwards, Alaire have one carry against the Ravens. He's not going to have that many carries. No Jarek McKinnon in this game, obviously, you know, Elijah Mitchell's not going to have a ton of carries, but he'll have some Debo Samuel will probably have more rushes in this game than in, in, in quite a few games for Niners. I would imagine they'll look to get him involved. And that way it's touches here and there. Yeah. So, you know, plus 155, not crazy, but McCaffrey's juice clear up to like minus 220 in this category. So you're going with a, a pretty hefty underdog here. Yeah. I, I like that bet, especially because, like I said on the, the lead of the show, this 49ers run defense has been worse than the Chiefs run defense. Granted, the 49ers rushing offense is better than the Chiefs yeah. rushing offense. All right. One of you guys bring one. Uh, I have Mahomes over 25 and a half rushing yards. I, I've said it earlier, Mahomes has the most scrambles of any quarterback in zone defenses. Most quarterbacks do this against man-to-man -man because the defenders are their back turned. There's just something different about the way Mahomes plays football, uh, and he likes to get running on the ground. I think he's going to have those opportunities in this game to get out there and to move. Uh, and with Nick Bosa chasing him, I think it's going to be a good opportunity for him to get a few rushes here and there. So I'm taking that. And I think that, that one I'm feeling pretty confident about. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a, you know, I felt like I had to look at the Taylor Swift section of the props and bring one just because, right? Um, does anyone know, uh, Dalton, obviously your girlfriend loves Taylor Swift. Johnny, uh, your wife loves Taylor Swift. Like you guys have bigger Swifties in your life than I do. What is the significance to it? There's one just called 15. Is that just so we can get him a homes prop in there, or is there actual significance? Like a lot of the others, it's like, like you know, I understand the puns. I, I don't get how this one is a T Swift bet. I don't know because her favorite number is 13. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, she, I when you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you, that's one of her lyrics. Well, there's a bet called 15. It's minus 140. So it's not like you're, you're not getting crazy odds, but it's just a way to get a couple of Mahomes numbers. I like 215 pass yards or more and 15 or more rushing yards at minus 140. Yeah, I like that as well. That was the other one I was going to bring was the the, the parlay of those two. Uh, I saw that on, I think, Fantasy Pros or Fantasy Life. 
I uh, my props I have are both teams to score a first quarter touchdown at plus three fifty, and uh, Mahomes. The the the, 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 the the Chiefs have scored it hasn't been touchdowns every time, but they've scored on like eight consecutive open opening drives at this point. And they're like seven. They they have a nice streak going. Yeah, and then uh first touchdown score being Mahomes at plus fourteen hundred. I think we get Repe- repeating the script. Yep, yep, exactly. Repeating the same exact <laughs> script. So glad you caught that, but plus fourteen hundred, that's that's beautiful odds too, to my yeah. ears. Yeah, and I actually kind of, I don't remember what the odds were. I looked at Kyle Juszczyk just, uh, you know, going with the old repeating the script because he was the Niners' first touchdown scorer in, in the Super Bowl a couple years ago as well. My next one, this is a, a fun little two-for-one here. Fastest ball carrier. This is a real, like, gremlin kind of bet right here. Uh, I like Rasheed Rice at plus 550, fastest ball carrier in this game. I was looking at just the playoffs in the wild card round. Rasheed Rice was the fastest ball carrier of either of these teams. Obviously, the Niners didn't play, but he was the fastest Chiefs ball carrier that week. In the divisional round, it was actually Ricky James on a punt return, was the fastest of either of these two teams. And then in the championship round, it was Ayuk. But Rasheed Rice's 20 miles per hour was the fastest of any of those three numbers. Um, and how the Chiefs killed the Niners when they played them last year, and I think they could have similar success, is on jet sweeps. Now, there are maybe some other guys who are going to get those, but I do think, you know, if you're looking to get Rasheed Rice the ball, which they definitely are, um, jet sweeps, screen passes, like plays take advantage of the edges screaming off the edge, I think the Chiefs are going to be looking to make some of those plays. And also... I'm just saying, McCole Harbin plus 2,000 fastest ball carrier. He's below Patrick Mahomes. He's below Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. A reminder, McCole Harbin had like three touchdowns and a lot of jet sweeps last time these teams played. He's made big plays in the playoffs. I'm telling you, he is going to get a chance or two at a jet sweep in this game. I'm just like, plus 2,000. He's. I think he's the fastest player in this game. So if he breaks one, he it's going to be him. I I don't hate that. Um, I think the best shot we have at that is him catching a deep one when the Niners run some man on him. I I think my highest odds bet that I have right now is uh, I alternate money or alternate spread Chiefs minus nine and a half at plus three ninety five. My nine and a half. Wow. Yeah. I think I I think the final score of this game is twenty eight seventeen. So. I feel very strongly about you should, that. You should just go bet that exact score, too. If you, I, I, feel I've got to go find those odds. I don't know how to do that on DraftKings. I'm going to level with you. It, it It's in there. You just have to there, – there's just a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff to go through. Uh, while you guys continue, I will I will figure that one out. The concerning part of that, of that bet to me is that I don't think the Chiefs are physically capable of just putting a team away. <laughs> like, that. We, we have to let somebody hang around always. I, I can't believe there's a fastest ball carrier prop because yeah. I just know if one of those players like get free, we're like, how yeah. fast did that look? What was that tracking for? And well, I I get I I don't know this for a fact. My guess is they're gonna have to they're it's gonna be a next gen stats yeah. like they're gonna just use that tracking data. I would imagine, but yeah, I, I have never seen that prop before. I was like, ooh, this is interesting. Um, and, and like Dalton talking about the deep ball, like a deep ball for Rice. 
know, MVS was like plus 800. That one was a little tempting to me too. And Ayuk was uh, one of, I think McCaffrey was the favorite. Pacheco was pretty high up there too. But he just. I see the either team to score three unanswered times. Yeah. And I do not understand the the lines on that one. That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying earlier. Minus 150. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And then no, it was like plus one twenty, like one ten. One twenty-five. Yeah, it's yeah. plus one twenty-five. How is it plus money for someone not to do that? I mean, I I will say the Chiefs scored scored three consecutive times last time they played. But yeah, it's like I don't know. That feels that feels wrong. And then there's another one right next to it that the biggest lead, minus 13 and a half, where at first you're like, you know, that's a big lead. But then you're like, well, it's really not. You just need some of the to mess up one time when they're down seven and then that you're screwed on that one right away. So that one was a little bit of bait that I feel like I avoided, but I am going to get baited into whatever the, the three consecutive. So I, there has to be something I'm not understanding about that bet. Okay. So I can take exact winning margin at 11, which 28 to 17 would be at plus 2,500. And I have now placed that bet. But th- there will be a, a, a an exact final score bet. Yeah, exact um, score would be much higher odds than that, Colin. I, I, I will I, find I, it. I, I bet the exact final score for the KU-Houston basketball game, and I think I would have won, like, it was a $5 bet. I think it would have been, it was like $5 to make $1,290 or something like that. Oh my! <laughs> Which I mean, there's a reason for that. Although I will say, I got half of that final score right, so I was not that far off. Well, 50 50 odds. You can exactly. Get... 50 50 odds. 50, 50. You can get the final total points being twenty at plus ten thousand. I mean, that's but that's just not going to happen though. So. 50 50 odds. Anything that anything that's exact, you you can do like total points. There's bets in there where you can bet exact yard ranges. Like I used to have exactly between 51 and 60 yards. You can do that for for a lot of players in the game too. So anything exact like that, you're gonna get crazy odds for a reason I, because it's I very found exact hard. scores. I'm scrolling pretty deep for the one I want. All right, John, do you have any more props that that you brought to the table? Uh, I have the national anthem. Uh, I, I I knew you'd have the anthem. I'm glad you didn't let me down. Yep, you're welcome. Uh, it's currently at over under 89 and a half. So is that like nine, 90 seconds or a minute and a half? A minute uh, 29 and a half. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not pulling the trigger until like Saturday of which way to lean. I'm trying to go through her whole, uh, whole catalog, see what she's done in the past to See if she is a, a longer of a singer or what, what the history has been. But yeah, I mean, let me just tell you that there is an extensive article out there about it because I read it this morning. I, I like, I, I skimmed Actually, it yeah. because I was just trying to find props to use for, for us. And uh, the results may vary. Uh, she, she's gone longer. She's gone shorter. Like, so it, it, it might be a stressful one. No, uh, that's just an electric start before you do the uh, um, heads or tails. And then there's one that is... Guy's going to be down like three units before the game even starts. <laughs> Correct. Um, one one prop here is which happens first after kickoff. Taylor Swift is shown on TV or score in the game. Mm. Um, 
Taylor Swift being shown is minus 175. Yeah, I would take Swift on that one. Right. It would, I think it, I think long, a kick return long. touchdown is the only thing that would, would prevent that. Um, I think uh, Chiefs 28, Niners 17 is plus 17,000. There you go. Oh, that's a crazier odds than plus 2,000, right? 50-50. <laughs> it is still 50-50, though. My last one. Um, I'm always going to be a sucker for the non-quarterback to throw a touchdown bet in the Super Bowl because I just feel like we get those kind of weird things more often in the Super Bowl than in other games. That's plus 3,000. You have, you know, Christian McCaffrey has thrown a touchdown before. Pacheco was a high school quarterback. Kelsey was a high school quarterback. Um, no Jarek McKinnon, which kind of hurts this one a little bit. But but yeah, you just have a lot of options. The fun fun little bet, and there's also uh, I, I, again, this was another example of Evan can't find the prop, so he can't tell you exactly what the line is. But I think there was an offensive lineman to catch a touchdown at plus four thousand prop floating out there somewhere. So just be on the lookout for those two. Better hands than most receivers. Uh, <laughs> the last one when the I Chiefs have... ran a play for an O lineman to catch a touchdown last year. In the Super Bowl, the Eagles just covered it. I I did take a, for there to be an octopus in this game. Yeah, which is you, a you, player scores a touchdown and then they get the two point conversion. That was like plus fourteen hundred, right? I got it at plus nine eighty. So I need your odds book. Um, well, there's a, there's another one where you can make you can have it be the same player, mm-hmm. and there's one that's like specifically Kelsey if you want to do that, so that you can even sh- you could shop around for an octopus. I too. feel like CMC Kelsey would be my two favorites on yeah. that, pretty obviously, and then maybe Devo or Kittle. Yeah. All right. Any, any other props? Anything else? I think once we get to octopus, that probably means it's time to end the show. And on that note, that is going to do it for episode 136 of the Half Point Per Podcast. Brief programming note before we do get out of here. Um, I think after the show, I'm not going to give exact dates or anything like that. But I think we will be off for at least a couple weeks, maybe a month or so. There's really like we'll probably have a podcast before free agency, but maybe like one. So you're not going to hear from us much uh, for the next couple of weeks. And then we'll have shows kind of sporadically throughout the spring as we have in years past. But give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok on Twitter, uh, especially for the programming notes. We will keep you guys updated. As far as that goes, subscribe to the YouTube, the link to all those things in the show notes. As always, the show is available anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. Leave us a five-star review. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you again probably next month. 